Chapter Eleven of Cats by the Way by Sarah E. Trueblood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Cats of the Y Family, Part One. A mother cat and her two kittens, Ruby and Pearl, were members of this family a number of years ago. Little Pearl did not live, but Ruby grew in stature, strength, and beauty, and became a treasure indeed, more precious perhaps to some of the family than the real red stone would have been. Ruby was still in his kittenhood when his mother, one day, laid at his feet some brand-new brothers and sisters, little, sprawling, crawling things, with tiny pink paws and no eyes at all, so far as he could see. But no jealous pangs disturbed his bosom. He seemed immediately to feel that it was the elder brother's part to tend and care for them. And so devoted was he that a call to breakfast, dinner, or supper would not cause him to stir if the baby brothers and sisters were pillowed on his breast. One kitten was kept and named Tippy. The mother and other kittens were disposed of, enough said. So Ruby and Tippy grew up together, both intelligent cats and dearly loved by the family. Ruby was a handsome black-and-white fellow, quite oddly marked. A little girl in the family took a great interest in him and taught him many tricks. Tippy was her devoted follower. Upstairs or downstairs, wherever she went, Tippy was by her side, a quiet, faithful, warm-hearted little companion. About this time the Y family began to build themselves a new home. "'Twas across one small field, a stone's throw, and every time the women-folk visited this new building, Ruby and Tippy went along. Finally the moving day came, and the cats went with them and were fed there, but they soon grew restless and scampered back to the dear old home. How desolate it must have seemed to them! The next day they went again to the new home and were fed, but could not stay. These daily pilgrimages continued for nearly a week. Then they seemed to reconsider, and finally concluded that where the Y family ate, drank, and slept was surely the proper place for Ruby and Tippy. Then there was another moving day, but this time it was only the cats, and they hadn't much luggage. One day Tippy had some babies born to her, and she was very young. She had no mother to tell her how to manage and care for them, and sometimes her instinct failed her. The wee things were being exhibited one day to some parlor guests, and it worried Tippy greatly. She must get them away, but how? She grabbed one by the tail, but such a racket as it set up, and such a squirming. That would never do. So she dropped it and tried another the same way. It behaved quite as badly. She was in a dilemma, but the family took pity upon her and carried the babies back to their nest. Ruby and Tippy lived happily for some years, but there came a reign of terror. Some fierce dogs were quartered in the neighborhood. Beautiful Ruby was run down first, and poor Tippy soon followed. She had two little kittens to defend and could not save herself. They were rescued, but the bloodthirsty beasts finally got one of them. The other one was put in the cellar, where it too found its enemy. A rat, it was supposed for the next morning its little body was found lifeless and bleeding. And that was the end of the race, and great was the distress in the Y family. Part 2 In course of time the rats and mice multiplied, and the cat lovers of the family were desolate, so they drove one morning a mile or more to neighbor Peas and begged for a cat or kitten. 
a wee rusty brown kitten was given them and as princess bonnie was then popular the name of bonnie was bestowed upon the new member the little fellow soon put off his dusty brown coat and came forth in glossy black at the same time growing beautiful in form and feature a brave little hunter was he for he brought in a half-grown rat before he was well out of dresses but the pests had gained such headway that one pair of baby paws could not level them down so they journeyed again to neighbor peace and said please give us an older cat and they willingly handed forth multi who was bonnie's grandmother then they drove home rejoicing but alas in a short time multi disappeared and the rats still ran riot a third cat was then solicited and this time it was bonnie's own mother jill and jill soon found her mother multi who was in the haymow making love to two or three newborn kittens so the three generations roamed about by night and by day and the rats and mice vanished but jill took to chicken stealing and that ended her life's history and multi disappeared again stolen it was believed for she was never heard from more but full-grown bonnie the persistent hunter was all-sufficient now so bonnie reigned and still reigns over the y homestead bonnie can carry a little japanese teapot by the handle to amuse the guests of the y family unless there be strange gentlemen present bonnie can steal tomatoes and devour them greedily to him they are the most delicious of vegetables bonnie can also sleep contentedly and comfortably on a lady's best bonnet he has no love for strangers and seems to have a real dread of all men outside his own family one evening he was sleeping upon his favorite sofa when men and women began to come into the room it seemed to him from everywhere for by the time he was thoroughly aroused he was surrounded and one dreadful man was sitting right alongside him on the sofa he could not put up with that for a moment so down he jumped and walked majestically out of the room upon the table in the adjoining room he saw some new soft pretty-looking things which needed to be examined more closely so up he got and began his investigation one of the bonnets for such they were pleased him mightily he could not leave it so he made his bed upon it and settled down for another good catnap when the meeting broke up and the ladies came for their wraps one little woman looked somewhat crestfallen but she bore up bravely happening to be a cat lover one member of the Y family lives in the sunny south. He returns but seldom to the home of his parents, and it so happened that Bonnie was a grown cat when this son one day walked in. Strange to say, instinct, sight, or smell told him that this was one of the family, and he showed no signs of fear or even shyness. After a few years of uninterrupted happiness and freedom, poor Bonnie took up with bad company. A near neighbor had a cat who stole young chickens. Bonnie's mother also having had that weakness, the two influences brought to bear upon him were too much, and a bloodthirsty thief he became. Great was the sorrow and perplexity of the family when this horrible destructive habit was discovered. What should they do? Some said give him away. Others even threatened a more final cure. But he had so gained upon their affections that they could do neither. It ended in his imprisonment every spring for a number of weeks while the chicks were small. His prison was the cellar. Poor misguided cat, to give up the green grass and the sunshine all through the glorious springtime for the sake of a few stolen mouthfuls. 
but he has his nights when he is set loose for exercise and fresh air and like the good dutiful cat that he is every morning early he returns to take his accustomed place behind the prison bars pussycat land lullaby oh the mewing and purring the nestling and nursing the laving and loving in pussycat land in cuddly coddly pussycat land oh the racing and chasing the frisking and whisking the hustling and tussling in pussycat land in frolicsome rollicsome pussycat land oh the grumbling and tumbling the shifting and shoving the scrapping and slapping in pussycat land in wranglesome janglesome pussycat land oh the waiting and watching the creeping and catching the sneaking and snatching in pussycat land in murderous mouse-eating pussycat land oh the winking and blinking the nodding and napping the peeping and sleeping in pussycat land in slumberous troubleless pussycat land end of chapter 11 recording by jessica louise minneapolis minnesota